tuning in to Talking Bay 94, the Star Wars podcast devoted to interviews with the cast, crew, and creators of a galaxy far, far away. This May is the two-year anniversary of Talking Bay 94, so as a special bonus episode, I have invited on my very first guest, Corey D. Williams, as well as his manager, Derek Mackey from Cool Waters Productions, who made those first interviews even possible. Check out some new stories from the both of them, and thank you all so much for two years of your incredible support. This is Talking Bay 94, Corey D. Williams returns with Derek Mackey. Corey was the the first guest we ever had, so this is a nice return. This is great. Thank you so much. (laughs) No problem. Today we are joined by two guests for Talking Bay 94, uh, Derek Mackey and Corey D. Williams. Thank you both for for coming on. This is great. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Of course. Well, Derek, you are the man behind the scenes just because there's a few things in your uh, illustrious history with conventions and with that I think a lot of people listening either attended or, or know of fondly especially your first introduction to kind of this world was the Men Behind the Masks tour, yeah. which which is legendary at this point and really solidified the Star Wars convention going in the 90s. How did you first get involved with that and how did that kind of evolve over time? Well, I'll try to do the nutshell, but not full nutshell version because it's a very, very long story, but it's actually kind of interesting because a lot of people don't don't know. I actually used to work at Universal Studios. I did the promotions for a store up there on the city walk this all happened right around the time of star wars special edition and i being a huge star wars fan myself was trying to figure out a way to get star wars people up into city walk and then at the same time for my own personal gain meet you know some of these actors so i actually reached out to literally everyone on the planet from you know george lucas harrison ford Billy D. Williams, Mark Hamill, Carrie, and then just run the list all the way down to all all the characters. And one of the companies that I stumbled across was Men Behind the Masks. And I knew that that's what they did. So I invited Warwick and David Prowse and Jeremy Bullock and a bunch of others to come out. And at the time, we couldn't negotiate something that Universal and the company that I worked for because a lot of those guys were international. So at some point in the game, this is a, this is actually how Billy D. Williams, Corey's dad, came to be in my life. Is his people reached out to me and said that they that he had interest in coming to the event, and basically what it turned out to be was that we were working with Fox to promote Star Wars Special Edition, so we were giving away posters and stuff like that, and we were actually giving away passes to the premiere. And one of the things we wanted to do was have a signing with some of the actors, so. Billy D agreed to come out, and then, oddly enough, Maria de Aragon, who played Greedo, which is a whole other story unto itself, she was someone that I knew, she decided to come out. So the guests were actually Maria and Billy, and they both came, they signed autographs, and it was an extremely successful event. And about a week after the event took place, the people who ran Men Behind the Masks was actually Icon's Authentic Replicas. And they, the owner of the company called me and he basically wanted me to give him Billy D and Maria's phone numbers to contact them to be part of the Men Behind the Masks tour. <laughs> and I kind of looked at it and went, no, I'm not going to give up this information, but I figured how could I tie into it? So I contacted Billy and Maria and just told them about it. And they said, you know, well, why don't you handle it for us? Like, find out what they want. And so that's kind of how I fell into the business was I brought them to the Men Behind the Masks tour. And then I kind of, 
I was supposed to facilitate the men behind the mask story to do, because that was actually the first time that things were licensed. Like, we actually paid a license, or I should say, Icons paid a license to Lucasfilm for the Star Wars use. And there's so much, like, now we'll do the long story short. So at the end of it, Icons ended up disbanding and going bankrupt. And I had Billy lined up for some events. And he called me at home and he's like, you know, Derek, I've got these events locked lined up i don't want to disappoint the fans but what do we do and then Corey, i've told Corey this this story before so he knows and i kind of thought to myself on the phone and what i wanted to say out loud was are you kidding me you're a rich famous actor why do you care i'm out of a job and but what i actually said out loud was mr williams what would you like me to do and he basically said well why don't you come with me on these couple of events that we have i'll just pay you you know to do it and then that would be the end of it. And so I did. And I was still out of a job. I ended up going back to work at Universal. And then after Billy did a couple of his events, I think about six months went by. And I got another call from him. And he said, my agent got you know this offer for me to do another convention. But he's like, I think you're a really nice young man. And I, I want you to handle it. And I was kind of like, what? And I was taken aback. But that's basically how it started was... Billy hired me to be his appearance manager for these events and autographs and stuff. And then it all spiraled from there. So here we are. I, did I even answer your question? I went off. Yeah, this I is great. Because I like to be the center of attention. So I'm sorry. Well, and it also, it also brings up a good question for you and Corey, which is how did you guys figure out like, okay, Corey D. Williams is Klaatu. Corey D. Williams is the Lando stand-in and Corey D. Williams is going to be a convention regular. And, I didn't know all that, so I'll let Corey tell that story because it. it's interesting as well. So go ahead, Corey. <laughs> well, uh, let's see if I can make it short. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got all the time. We got all the time. Um, well, you know, I knew Derek was doing conventions with my father. My convention, my father, been doing conventions for a while, and um, I didn't really have any interest, much interest in doing a convention or anything like that. Much less, I didn't really think I had a place in doing conventions either. But, you know, I've been working for 28 years as a fitness trainer, um, and I have various photos up in my training studio at my home where I train people. And one of the photos I had up in there is a photo of my friend Steven and I um, on the set of Return of the Jedi. And it was kind of like a keepsake. You know, I never really thought about the value of it to fans or any other people, you know, for that matter. It was just kind of like my personal photo. It was actually a photo my father shot on the set, you know, during filming. And it was probably like one of the last days we were shooting. They stuck Steven in a Gamorrean guard costume. They asked me to do this, put this creature mask on, which I don't even think they really even had a name until it became a toy. I, I'm, not that I'm aware of. It was probably like Creature 1-769, whatever. And, you know, they said, well, put this on, and here's what we want you to do. Because they were really short of bodies. I mean, they... They had so many accidents on the set during the shoot of that one particular scene of Starlight Picks. There was so much action. But, um, but yeah, so uh, there was a photo hanging up in my training studio. Derek and my father and everybody were over one, one evening when they were in town. And I was cooking. I cooked dinner for everybody and we hung out and whatever. And he saw the picture on the wall and he's, you know, he looked at it and he said, I'm pretty sure that creature has a name. And I was like, what? You're kidding, you know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, and I'm pretty sure it's an action figure. And I'm like, what? You know, really? Come on. Like, <laughs> you got to be kidding. This is like, I don't know, what, 30 years after the fact, 20 years after, 20 something years after the fact. I'm like, 
uh, you know, I could have used this as leverage on my family and everything. What? Yeah. You can't talk to me like that. I'm an action figure, you know. But, yeah, I mean, so he did some digging and, and found out that, yeah, in, indeed there was an action figure and nobody had been signing for this uh, creature called Clatu at the time. I, I ended up being the first one. And um was Simpkin who did, like, background work and stuff right. in, in the studio came forward later but yeah it was it was a huge surprise to me i had no idea and then eric sort of had to convince me to do conventions because i was like yeah i'm not really <laughs> going out to conventions <laughs> like yeah. what if they ask me they know more about star wars than i do like what if they ask me something i don't really know the answer to you know i was kind of worried about it you know and uh really well i knew it was worked i was so jazzed because i didn't know that Corey had done that stuff just That's like it. like you got to do this and yeah yeah i mean i went there as a, as a stand-in slash sort of photo double for my dad is Lando, you know. So as a stand-in, you know, you just help the camera crew set up the shots and the actor comes in after he's, you know, rehearsed his lines or sat in his cool trailer while you're out in the 110-degree heat and then he comes out and does his thing. So that's all I was there to really basically do and it just segued into all these other things. I mean, there was one point where they didn't really want to hang him over the side in a really uncomfortable harness. And so, you know, they asked me if I would do it because he had he had hurt his foot in one of the previous uh, takes of that shot. So, yeah, I mean, it was really just all kind of at random. It was like the, the, the most random two weeks out of my entire life that <laughs> ended up being with me for 30 something years. I mean, go figure. <laughs> I love it. Derek convinced me to come out and the rest is history. I mean. The first time I did it, I just said, look, Derek, you know, I just want to buy a new bass guitar so I can play, you know, some some funk, yeah. you know, and uh, that was that was my main motivation. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. You did buy your guitar. I did buy a guitar and I've been playing ever since. That's great. I love it because it's just these stories of Star Wars and filming Star Wars are what the fans love, obviously, right? And it's what kind of keeps this all going. Derek, I would love to talk a little bit, especially right now where we're all stuck at home and we're all obviously not going to conventions and going to events about how conventions have changed over the years. How have you seen, especially Star Wars autographing and conventions evolve since the Men Behind the Mask tour to now? Well, it's certainly exploded for sure. I mean, I didn't think that I would be able to have, for lack of a better word, a career in this industry. But, it, you know, back in the day, everybody thought it was for has-beens or never-wers. And really what it is is a celebration of fandom and and the importance of what movie making is. I mean, the actors and cameramen and the producers and the directors, everyone is important and everybody is integral. And I think that conventions have given an outlet for new movies to promote themselves, for old movies, for the fans to celebrate and never lose their memories of. And it's certainly, it's changed a lot as well. I mean, I remember 25 years ago when we were doing it, I don't even know how to explain it. It was very regimented or whatever. And now it's it's a little it's a little more loose. Um, sometimes I think it's a little too loose because we get overzealous fans who don't understand that there is a boundary as well. But at the end of the day, everybody is usually pretty gracious. I mean, we've been literally all over the world. Every major country that you can name has one or more events. You know, like just like the U.S., who has literally, I think at this point, thousands of events. But Germany, London, Mexico, Canada, Russia, New Zealand, Australia, you know, every place you can mention, Dubai, they all have conventions. And and it it's 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 people or groups or companies like Men Behind the Masks 
Leonard Nimoy and, and William Shatner were really the first two out there going out and doing these things. And it just has now become such a major thing that studios will spend money on it to promote their films. And I'm not talking about San Diego Comic-Con anymore. I mean, San Diego, personally, I don't even like San Diego anyway, but some of these studios will see how important some of the smaller mom and pops were that have now grown and they'll give them promotional material to promote. So conventions are certainly a part of our lives and, and of our culture. And it's a great way for the, you know, for the celebrities who want to do it to give back, which is great. And it's been a lot of fun. I mean, we've had some interesting things. We've been chased in airports with certain celebrities. We've been stalked by <laughs> people. I, I have to use fake names now sometimes when we go to conventions, depending on the celebrity that we're traveling with. It's, you know, but at the end of the day, it's neat. And I think the fans appreciate it because they can come out, you know, get, get autographs, shake a hand or do a fist bump. Nowadays, fist bumps are way more popular than the handshake. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think when this coronavirus is over, I, I don't think it's going to be any contact at all. I think it's just going to be like a salute or something. I, right. You know, I think that's what I'm a little afraid of right now is that I, I don't know how this stupid virus is going to change things for when public events can start happening again, because it, it is such a embracing thing. I mean, Corey, Corey and I have been to, you know, parties at night at hotel rooms where people will give us free alcohol because we're guests there. And like, I think all that's going to be a thing of the past. Now it's going to be, you're at your table, you're at, you're on stage. There's a lot of social distancing and, and who knows, you know, but I know that's part of the reason why we've created this online event that we're going to do because we know that there's a want for it and to hear these stories still, but it can't be done in a public forum, you know, right now. I can't wait till this is over because I'm, I have cooked everything I could cook. I have cleaned everything I could clean. I, I, I've rearranged my living room. I, I'm running out of things to do here, so. <laughs> yeah, I think by the time we get, get to a convention again, we'll all be sitting in like plexiglass boxes with like a <laughs> slot. You know, where you just slide like, the photo, slide yeah. The photo out, you know, like going to a bank teller, or, a... <laughs> or or like we laser sanitize the pens, you know, that they hand us. Before. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's insane to imagine what what will what will become of all this. I mean, there's there's always a desire for all of that, so I don't think that's ever going to go away. But the way the way that we approach it probably is going to be quite different than what we're used to or what we're what maybe what we can even imagine you know and i mean that's and you brought it up but that's what i love about this evolution that you've done derek with the in-house con so maybe explain it a little bit explain how people can get involved because it really does like right now it's the summer this is convention season you know i'd be going everywhere and you know celebrations in august and we might be missing out on things like that and this is a great way to to kind of have that convention feeling again and also connect with, with people that we like a lot. No, so. absolutely. Well, you know, we, we're we not the first ones to do it. They were, you know, I will admit it wasn't an original idea. I had We had a couple of people approach us, a couple of promoters approach us about clients doing events, and I had one client do it, and then a couple of other clients turn other companies down. And as I was thinking about it, I'm like, wait a minute, why, without divulging contractual stuff, but I, I don't like the way that the deals were set up. And I'm thinking to myself, what? why are we agreeing to do these things or even being pitched these things when we could probably do it on our own? The key is just getting the word out there. So thank you for this because you're helping with that. So I, I, you know, got out a pen and on scratch paper, which we don't use much anymore. And I just started writing down like clients. I think that would be interested in doing it to try it and coming up with themes when I kind of chicken scratched it all out. And then I spoke with 
my mom, because uh, I'm a family run business, so it's my husband and my mom and I, and, but I also have a couple of part-time staff members. I have a webmaster and a social media guru and all of us talk and I said, what do you think about this? And everybody kind of put in what they thought. And we came up with this plan where for every weekend in May, we are going to have a themed event rather than it just be, you know, a convention that's got everybody who's anybody. And the themed events will feature people like Corey. He's going to be on the first weekend, which is May 2nd. It's Jabba's Palace Reunions. So all of the actors that are on that day, they're all tied to Jabba's Palace from Return of the Jedi. And obviously they have other credits that, you know, they'll talk about as well. And I just, I tried to think of something that I thought would be interesting myself. The hardest part has been coordinating with some of the UK talent because we kind of set up a timeline that we wanted, but the UK talent's like, Derek, do you realize by, by the end of the day when it's 6 p.m. your time, it's going to be like the middle of the night for us. So it was playing with their timings and coming up with different time slots for them and coming up with themes that work. Like it, I'm really happy. I will say this. I'm really happy. We've got a lot of positive response from a lot of people out there who are think who said to us, well, this is great. Thanks for putting it together. And I think if we have success with it, we'll be able to do more. Maybe we can convince some of the larger celebrities to come on. Our, our themes are great. We have two Star Wars themes, Ghostbusters, Star Trek Discovery, and Superman. And these are for people our age that are, you know, anywhere from 32 to 55, especially like that's we grew up with all of these films. And I wanted to put together something where the actors who did participate would be able to do something a little bit different than what, you know, here's the thing. At, at conventions, when we're in person, all the actors get asked the exact same questions. It's just in a different city or a different country. That's it. Right. But they're all the same questions. So my goal for the first part of the panel when I'm moderating is I'm going to be asking some questions that aren't normally asked. Then I'm hoping that that'll get people's thinking caps on. And then at the end of the live panels, people will be able to text in their messages and the, the actors and I will be able to read the questions and choose the ones that we want to answer. We're also coming up with some exclusive content that will be either behind the scenes stories or photos or prop sharing or we're, 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 it's, it's in the working phrases right now. But we've asked all of the clients who are participating to come up with some sort of exclusive content for the live panels that they've never discussed or shown at a convention. That is what we are hoping will get people enticed about coming over to us. I've also did, you know, we also did research on the other events and how much they were costing. And I feel that our ticket prices and our packages are very fairly priced. They, you know, look, at the end of the day, I'm a small mom and pop business. I'm the backbone of America. I'm trying to do my best to make some money for my business as well as my clients. So, like, you know, our virtual door charge is $4.99. I had to right. pay my webmaster to build the website. I have to pay my social guru uh, to, to get out the social media stuff. I'm still trying to generate money to pay my staff, whether they're part-time or full-time. And at the same time, we're also not going, like people will notice who know us, some of the autographs that are offered, they are not the normal retail price that they are at a convention. And we're probably going to get slack for that when the conventions start up again. But you know what? This is a special time. Right. This is This is a temporary thing. And, and the biggest part that I'm proud of are the live video chats. And everyone's like, well, everybody can do video chats. Who cares? 
Like I understand that, but this is, these are paid video chats that you can do either in small groups or one-on-one. And one of the things that we asked our clients to do was to give a little bit more time because some of the other events, and they're all going to steal from me now the same way I stole from them. Most of their video chats are one to two minutes long. Our video chats are five minutes long if you do a photo chat with an individual celebrity, and they're 20 minutes long if you do the whole group of four. So we're trying to offer something where the fans that do have that little bit of extra capital to pay for that experience will get something out of it. And, you know, and then our bigger packages, we've got free gifts that are included. We've got some signed pops. We've got some free goodies, like 11 by 17 movie posters, things like that. So I try to make it worth the dollar, but at the same time, you know, give us a little influx. But for me, I want it to be fun. Like I'm jazzed because I, some of the questions I haven't even asked my clients yet. And I've come up with some questions that I want to know the answers to. And I being first, yeah, wait, Corey, coming. But you know, anyway, I I hope I've explained it enough that it's intelligent yeah. for people. So, oh, and the website is www.inhouse-con.com, and everything's live there now. You can see who's participating. Each weekend is a themed event all through May, and if this works, we've already got June events in holding with clients who are going, Derek, you want to be part of this because they heard about it. And they're like, well, why didn't you call us? And it's like, because you weren't part of the themed plan. So, And I'll give you a hint or, or a little snippet. If this works, one of the future events is going to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So Nice. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, and we'll have, we'll have the link to all that in the, the show notes as well so people can check it out. I'll be definitely checking out the Jawa's Palace one. And then Rebels versus Empire is Nalini Christian. Julian Glover, guest of the show, who is just the best, uh, Mark Capri, and Ray Hassett. So you got a nice balance of people. I, I'm excited to kind of see uh, what they got for us. It's going to be good. Yeah, so Corey, the pressure's on. You need to, you need to come up with some stories we haven't heard yet for the, for the day that you Oh, man. It seems like I've told every story there is to tell. But, my, but you know, as you know, my stories have stories. So <laughs> <laughs> there's never enough time. That's the thing, you know. I might even whip out my bass and start playing in the middle of a who knows. I like, <laughs> that would be great. Like that would be great. Bring the funk. Yeah, to keep it funky, you know. Well, I know the last time we talked, Corey, you hinted at it. And I wonder, I, I, I'm going to push a little bit and see if there's any update to it. Because you, you have so many stories and stories on stories. But is there a book in the future, potentially, still in the works? I don't know. You know, you, you never know. I wouldn't say yeah. no to it. Um, you know, I, I definitely, I'd have to get with somebody who could get together and help me organize my thoughts and make it into something entertaining for mm -hmm. people to read, you know. But, you know, I, I, I ran that by my father a few times. He was like, what are you going to write about? You know, <laughs> he's, like, he's like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> so I'm like, well, maybe it's not such a good idea after all. I don't know, you know. <laughs> I still think it's a good idea. I, I don't want to say I know more than Billy D. Williams, but I think it's a good idea, so. All right. Well, you never know. If I get with somebody who can sit down and have the patience to co-write it with me, you know, it could it could happen. There there's so many interesting stories to tell and fun things, you know, and, you know, my life is full of those kinds of things. But, you know, the Star Wars is just one small part of that. But, you know. It could go on for quite a bit, that's for sure. Derek, your your client list is, is huge. And uh, especially, I mean, for me as a Star Wars fan, you had a lot of behind-the-scenes people. And, of course, you have you know people like Ian McDermott and Billy Dee Williams. And then you have people that we've lost over the past few years. Carrie, Irvin Kirshner, I remember. What are those stories that 
you remember the most fondly looking back on all these years at conventions uh, and the special times that you might have had uh, with some of these clients? See, that's why I should write a book about this stuff, being on the road with these people. <laughs> you oh know, it, my God, that'd be in volumes. I know. I know. <laughs> you know, it's so funny with with this whole coronavirus thing being out there, everybody's checking in on everybody. And Irving Kirshner's son, David, actually just texted me a couple days ago. He called me, actually, and I couldn't pick up, so I texted him just to find out how we were. And I was reminiscing with him about his dad. Irvin was an incredible human being. He was actually my mentor because I'm I was also a struggling actor and filmmaker in Hollywood and this kind of this management thing kind of just kind of consumed me. But Irvin helped me with a film that I did that was available on Amazon and he was helping me write another film that I was gonna do and then he passed away. I I am so honored to be to have had some of these people in my life, and some of them I can call more than clients, but they were friends or family to me. Carrie being one of them, Margot Kidder. I mean, she was she was part of the wedding. I mean, it, it's just it, it's incredible. But let's see a funny story about someone that we've lost. Well, since this is a Star Wars show, I will share I will share a Star Wars story. And some of the some of the listeners of your show, I I guarantee have already heard this, but. For the ones that have it, I'll tell it again because it's fun. So one of the first events that I did with Carrie Fisher was I took her to London to a show in Milton Keynes, which is run by Showmasters. Hey, there's a plug. Jason Joyner, if you're listening, I plugged you. There you go. So Showmasters <laughs> London filming Comic-Con, but they used to do an event out in Milton Keynes. And the event was actually held in a mall. This is This is way back in the day now. This is like 20 years ago. And, you know, for whatever reason, having it in the mall suited their needs for spacing and, you know, whatever. Anyway, Carrie, you know, had a line a mile long and, and she was getting so tired and she kind of looked at me and she's like, is there a green room? Can we go take a break? And I'm like, well, there's no green room, Carrie. I'm really sorry. And she's like, <laughs> she got mad at me. And, and she's like, well, we're in a mall. She goes, can't we just go find a bed and go lay down? And I'm like, I'm like, Carrie, no, we can't. But no. I said, first of all, I don't know where the mattress department is. I said, secondly, we're in a mall. People are going to see you. And she's like, I don't give a fuck. So she just stood up and left. And she goes, are you coming or not? And I'm like, okay, I'm coming. So I'm telling the whole line, we'll be back in a few minutes. We're just going to take a break. And everyone that's helping us was kind of sitting there going, what, you know, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm, I'm going with her. So she grabs my hand and struts me off down the mall and we start just running through the mall until she found the mattress department <laughs> and she's like see i told you and she threw me down on one of the mattresses and then she threw herself on top of me and she put her her head on my chest and laid down and she goes i'm gonna take a nap and she just fell asleep right then and there <laughs> and we had security officers with us and they surround the bed and they actually stop people from taking pictures and if anybody out there was able to get a picture, I would love them to send it to me. <laughs> I know someone did. But the, the moral or the point of that story is I got to sleep with Princess Leia. There you go. So there you go. <laughs> That's so great. I was kissed by Mark Hamill, so, you know. We got, we got the we got the Skywalker family right here on this call. This is great. Wow. Yeah. We each had a little bit of the Skywalker family, Cray. That's hot. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I, guys, thank you for hopping on. This was this is so great. Uh, I'm so excited for people to to check out this con. And I'm so excited 
for us all to be back in the same place again. We'll see if celebration ends up happening or not. And if it does, it'll be so different than, than what it would have been. But I really appreciate it. And thanks for I, hopefully people. This brings a smile to people's faces and and uh, we get through this all together. Well, thank you for having us on. And Corey, thank you. Thanks for coming on to help promote the show and and I appreciate you being part of the in-house con event as well. I love you like a brother, so thank you. No no problem, man. You know you're my brother from another mother, you know. <laughs> Although you never met my mother, but she probably like you a lot more than she likes me, so you know, <laughs> that usually happens. <laughs> I don't know, I think I, you know, I think my dad embraces you pretty thoroughly there, you know. <laughs> I'm very lucky. I'm honored. So <laughs> be a story for another time brandon thank you very much for letting us come on and talk about it and, and for promoting it and for interviewing clients of mine in the past it's very nice for for people like you to have an interest it means a lot to me so thank you well i appreciate it and thank you both i mean without you guys there wouldn't be a show we're here two years later and uh things are great congratulations man it's good to see you again yeah good to see you guys and we'll see each other soon i'm sure and uh, stay safe out there you too all right bye guys Thank you again to Mr. Williams and Mackie for being incredible friends of the show. To check out In-House Con, follow the link in the show notes, or just go to their website, inhouse-con.com. This weekend is the first installment featuring Corey, Dave Barkley from episode 16, as well as Deep Roy and Julius LaFleur. Thank you all again for a great year. This Wednesday is my interview with Sam Whitwer, so until then, stay tuned, leave a five-star review, and may the force be with you.